0: I mean, as much as it would help to get a state championship game, you know, your college employment is not predicated on your high school assignments right so you're gonna have that opportunity in in camp this summer when she's watching you live. That's gonna be a better test than he, her hearing that you were assigned a certain game like you're gonna give her the eye test. that's what's gonna be the final sell so like this i p r like I tried to break you down, I tried to really like like a surgeon talk about as many things as that i think you can fix so like i really want you to focus on fixing a lot of these things and i guarantee you she's going to notice the difference you are listening to the crown rest podcast the audio experience for basketball official, official serve the game serve the game
1: This is Nick Sipkovic, a third-year official from Gainesville, Florida, and thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. In this episode, number 77, with Brian Henson, a 16-year official from Minneapolis, Minnesota, he'll be discussing dead ball officiating, being more patient in the lead, and how to get the attention of a college assigner. We hope you get a ton of value out of this podcast, and please reach out with any questions you
0: have. As always, serve the game. Well, you know, you hear me talk about not selling calls a lot, so I'm sure that's why you were you, you knew it. Um, you definitely have some emphatic n ones. Like yeah, it's almost like a it's almost like a workout. Yeah, there was that play where there was
1: that block. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the timestamp for the play off the top of my head, but you probably know the one that I had when it, it was just the huge block signal where I pretty much almost threw my shoulder out doing the (laughs) N1. And I don't know why, but I felt like I had to sell that one more because of the actual foul that I called and where it was located. You know what I
0: mean? Okay, do you like the call on film? I love the call on film. So then you don't need to sell it. If you're confident when you call it, then there's no need to prove or you know oversell what the call is. Just have that that strong internal belief that people are gonna believe you just by doing the basics. But then when we do like more than what we're supposed to do it brought it, it brings attention to us. And I think that's why we do it too is to kind of like as an attention grab, but I don't think it's the right kind of attention. Fair. So, yeah, I want you to, like, kind of tone that down a little bit. There was definitely a couple N1s and a couple blocks where it's just like you kind of erupted, you know? So I want you to be a little bit more still and a little bit more poised when you're blowing that whistle. So, but you have, like, you have great size, great length for an official. You know, you have a lean and athletic look. So that was one of the first things I noticed. You know, the fact that you're a 16th-year official and you still have that desire to want to improve, that's a really, really great asset and a big advantage for you. So I commend you on that, you know, and then the fact that we're working together just shows your hunger for the craft, the craft. So you had some, some solid signals like your hand counts and your chops were all on point. A couple of things I want you to develop into strengths and stop me at any point, um, eliminating those excess signals on the spot, just reducing the excess, just do what you're supposed to do. You know, I want you to kind of expand on your table presence and your voice when you're reporting. Remember, that's your like three to five seconds to kind of, um, you know, show, show your skills and show what you had. That's, that's where the attention is on you. So dead ball officiating was one of the big things. Now, you took your eyes off the players a lot. Are you noticing this when you're watching the film?
1: Yeah. And it's something I've, I've, I've been trying to work on it all year long. Like that was one of my my personal points of emphasis this year was to work on my dead ball um, and work on like just staying more still like getting back to basics that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's pretty simple. you just you just need to stop turning your back away from the play whether you're reporting a foul and then walking back to your spot. I noticed it was happening a lot like that. you know after your report, then you're just kind of turning away and walking back to your spot with really no eyes on, on the 10 players. So no, we're not going to have eyes on 10 players the entire game, but just use this as a guideline for the most part. Don't ever take your eyes off them, no matter yeah. where you are on the court and no matter what you're doing. But just, just use that. Use that moving forward. Always keep your eyes on the players. Don't turn your back. It sounds so simple, yeah. but just, just stay connected with them. And I think this is an easy fix. You're going to be able to manage them a little bit better if you're looking at them and, and you're paying attention and you're connected to them. So that's going to help your management. Signals that I want you to improve are your hit. I notice with your hit, you do a lot of open hand slap. It looks a little karate-ish. Right. you got to just use that fist. The fist should be striking the forearm during a hit. Okay. Yeah. Holds too. Um, did you know the video I attached a couple of my my signals, a couple of my holds? Yep. Okay. I saw that. Did you find that beneficial? Yeah, I probably
1: will do mine a little bit higher, but Good. yeah.
0: Listen, it's all about like taking something that you might like and then adapting it for your own body mechanics. Right. So you see something, make it yours. That's what I always say. Make it yours. Like, take what you like about it and make it yours. Then it becomes yours. Directional points, I want you to focus on extending that arm out, extending the elbow out. You had really um, one strong point, and I timestamped that, where it looked way different than any of your other, present, you know, presentation of the directional point throughout the game. Just really, it was sustained. You held it you looked confident um, and your block signal toning it down a little bit but also one thing i noticed a lot was you're walking to the table after your report and it and you're walking slowly too do you notice that yeah yeah
1: I, I i sometimes i i feel like i have to go i have to slow myself down cuz i used to feel like i was running to the table And then I then I was forgetting things like when I got to the table, I would like forget my player number or something ridiculous. And then I would and then I would feel like I was rushing at the table instead of really just presenting and. and I get that.
0: I, I get yeah. that, and I like that you said you wanted to slow down, but now you're taking it to the other extreme to okay. where you're going, too, you're going too slow. Remember, in the NCAA, they want you to hustle to the table when you call a foul in the lead position. So just, like, gather yourself after the whistle, stay on the spot for an extra couple seconds, you know, processing, who's the foul on, who, who's shooting. And then it's just a quick little getty-up to get you going to the table But it's, it's, it just looks, it looks better. Right. It's taking you way too long. Not only are you walking, you're walking like slowly. It's like, you know, uh, the people at the table are probably, you know, waiting, feel like they're waiting 10 seconds for you to come report. Right. So these are easy, this is an easy fix for you. And, and I do this too. Sometimes I have to be reminded a lot too. Like, you know, you got to run and lead when you're reporting. (laughs) Um, let's go through the game notes a little bit, uh, and I'll run through these. Stop me if you uh, have a question. Fifteen seconds in, hold the ball like a waiter. You're holding the ball. Um, you're holding the ball like on your body, like you're hugging it. I just think it's a more athletic, professional look when we stand up tall and hold the ball like a waiter is holding a tray. Um, do you notice that first adjustment of the clock at one seventeen? Yeah. Um, it's just-
1: so yeah in that play in that instance the the center did um stop it he initially stopped it for the shot clock not getting set and then i had to come in because of because they when they stopped it when we killed the play they never stopped the game clock also if you notice that so so that's why I that's why I held up the rest of the game so that we could get the game clock reset also.
0: That's good. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, they didn't stop the game clock when we when we killed the play initially.
0: So Okay, that being said, I just think overall this sequence just took a little bit too long to get the correct time on the board. So just keep that Fair. in mind. And we don't want to rush this. I'm not saying to go rush. When we gotta put time back, we gotta take our time. We gotta go slow, and make sure we're doing it correctly. But I'm just saying look at that clip and you tell me if you think it, you know, the game was waiting a little bit for the refs to put the ball back in. Just yeah, keep that it, in mind. It could have yeah. gone faster. I agree. Let's move on. Five oh four. You had an N one. Now my question to you is could you have held the whistle an extra second and then we play on. What do you think?
1: I probably could have. In the initial, when I was watching it in fast motion in the actual game, it looked a lot worse than it, than it did on video.
0: It always does. Yeah. It always does. That's why you need to take an extra second to really decide what that contact was. We can't yeah. react to the contact. That's where we wind up guessing. So if you just add an extra half a second to that decision making time, I think your accuracy is going to go up. And again here, like, so this play to me looks like, like a little bit of a cheap N1 and then an emphatic N1 signal by the ref. And like, that's not adding any more strength to the play. Like we got to get the play right first. And I'm not saying you didn't get it right. We're just talking, but like, you know, a strong signal. Doesn't help an incorrect call.
1: You right. You know
0: what I'm saying? So don't feel like if you're not sure about it, you got to you gotta sell it home because it's not helping. You know, we don't want to. You know another thing about emphatic N1s? This is the point I wanted to make. We don't want to look excited that, that a team scored. Right. Because that's what it is. You see a lot of officials with these emphatic N1s. And when I see it, I'm like, all right, you look happy that Team B just scored two points and has a chance to s- score a third. Just want to be calm and composed. And then, again, I'm not saying don't do it without sharpness. Don't do it without strength. Just got to find the balance. Yeah. Um, 6.55 in trail, be in line with the ball. When the A1 is walking the ball up the court, you're a little bit too far behind. Just be right in line with that ball. Okay. Yep, yeah, stay connected. You don't want to be too far behind. Number seven twenty nine. We as a crew have to recognize this error before the horn sounds. So basically, uh, teammate's bringing up the ball, but they never reset the shot clock, so they took on the previous shot clock, which was about seven seconds. So next thing you know, they're dribbling up the court. Player's about to go score. The horn goes off. Everybody stops. Kid makes the shot then we wave it off and then put the correct time on. So my question is, should we have counted that basket? Absolutely.
1: We, okay. we, sh- we should have counted that basket. And in that play, after the change of possession that led to that play, to them bringing the ball up, the table only reset the shot clock to 20 instead of 30. And we didn't catch that. Okay.
0: It's, I understand it's an awkward play. Everybody's just confused about what's going on. But I don't I think if we don't recognize that error by the time he shoots that ball, like what do we tell kids in the pregame? Play the whistle. So if a horn goes off, we're gonna keep playing. Yeah. So I uh, yeah, I think we might have you know counted that basket. But the bottom line is we gotta stop that play right away. Yeah. Number eight fifty four, I said stop hugging the ball. Yep, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> Hold it up. It looks so clean. When you're just waiting on the spot, whether it's a timeout or, you know, new possession, and you're just holding up the ball like you serve the game. We hold it like a waiter because we serve the game. 10-23, too wide on the baseline for that second free throw. Step down a little bit. Step down to that B position. We don't need to be that wide. Um, Let's see what else we have here. Just going through them. Uh, fourteen thirty nine. Beckon your subs a little bit higher. Use that. Use the gentleman's hand, that open, welcoming hand, instead okay. of like a low sweeping hand that is basically saying, "Hey, guys, come in the game, but you got to come through the back door, or you got to hurry up and run in because the door's <laughs> closing." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is funny stuff. We relate everything back to basketball. Uh, fifteen forty five. Good chop. Really good chop. Keep that one. 1654 you had a pass off foul so my question to you is do we need yeah. to stop the game for this contact because once we blow the whistle a1 successfully passes it to b1 who is in a position to take a shot so should you think we should have stopped that play from the video
1: i definitely could have passed on it when i called it in live film in in the live game I felt like there was enough of a of a disadvantage that was put on top of the initial ball handler that got fouled to to call the foul, um, and that's and that was why I called that foul.
0: Okay, so my follow up question to you would be: How much of a disadvantage is he really at if he made the the, the pass he wanted to?
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the whole play. I didn't watch the after part. I it, it was a it was a reaction to what I felt was enough dis, disadvantage, but after watching it, it was it, I definitely could have passed on it. Okay,
0: good. These are all adjustments you make as you go. That's why I, I think it was cool to, you know, give you the game notes and say go watch it again with these time stamps to kind of double check what I'm saying, if it makes sense, and if you can apply it.
1: A lot of the timestamp plays made a lot of sense, like the comments that were made on them.
0: Listen, because yeah. I'm really deep diving into your game and, and watching it at length and watching the entire thing, and I'm looking for as many things I can give you as possible. So I'm glad we're, we're making that connection. I'm glad you know you're happy with it. That's most important. Just want to take a quick break from the podcast to tell you about our new IPR service, which is the Individual Performance Report, one of the industry's first film review services. We break your game down into seven parts. You are now hearing the game notes section where we did a full timestamp review on some notable plays and loaded it with some instructional comments and questions. So hope you enjoy. Hit us up if you have any questions about the IPR. You can email me at crownrefs at gmail.com or hit us up on social. Now, back to the podcast. 2109, let's try to not call through the paint and lead, especially when you're so far away from the play. You know, C has that. It's like on his island. So let the C live and die with that, unless it's a shark. If it's a shark, then you come out and get it. But if it looks like a guppy or a little sardine, then you leave it alone um yeah 22 and- 20 again run harder i think you're faster than you're showing me on film are you faster than that i'm faster but i've also been
1: trying to work on my running because i've also because i've had feedback in camps where i just look too long and lanky when i'm when i when i put my my full length my full length stride into running because of my build i look like i'm So it's something I've been working on was to try and find balance in between it.
0: Okay. We like balance. We like finding it. 835, no need to indicate how many shots at the spot of an obvious foul. We're going to know it's a non-shooting foul if you wave it off. So if you don't wave it off or, you know, point to the spot, we're going to assume it's two shots. So you're you're doing that very frequently. I know that's an approved high school signal. But, um, you know, I just... I think you could uh, chop it. I don't think you need it. Crown refs podcast is brought to you by neat tucks. The best way to keep your shirt or uniform tucked. If you're looking for that clean professional look on the court, there's only one way to do it. Log on to neattucks.com and order yours today. Neat tucks and crown refs serving the game. Yeah, man. Just, just overall, you know, adding more poise to your signals, reducing the ones you don't need, um, showing a little bit more confidence, trying to have that, that, that command and that big presence on the court, running the game. And I definitely saw you running the game in some spots, like you know, adjusting the clock. And you looked like you were thorough with your crew, kind of double checking any time you guys needed to get together. Looked like you were kind of um, having the final say, so to speak, as the R should, right? Yeah. So I just want to give you an opportunity uh, to ask any other follow-up questions or any general referee questions that you might have. I think I
1: think the biggest question I have, and I know it tends to vary a signer by a signer, but my biggest goal right now is to is to get hired at the Division Three level, like, and so. And I know crisping up a lot of my mechanics and that type of stuff is gonna is gonna do wonders, but like one of my like the assigner I've been in front of a lot she like one of her biggest things is that you've been called to the state tournament that's something I haven't had the had the ability to, had the honor of doing yet, so I'm trying to figure out another way to still get her to notice me and still have the faith in me to hire me even though I've been working at the division three JV level for now four years.
0: Yeah. I mean, as much as it would help to get a state championship game, you know, your college employment is not predicated on your high school assignments. Right. You're going to have that opportunity in, in camp this summer when she's watching you live, that's going to be a better test than her hearing that you were assigned a certain game. Like you're going to give her the eye test. That's what's going to be the final sell. So like this IPR, like I tried to break you down. I tried to really like, like a surgeon talk about as many things as that I think you can fix. So like, I really want you to focus on fixing a lot of these things. And I guarantee you, she's going to notice the difference. And you're going to notice the difference.
1: That was one of the reasons why I did the IPR was so I could almost use it like a prep for going to camp for to camp this summer.
0: That's a great idea. And that's that's one of the ideas I had with the IPR as you know, it's kind of an alternative to camp, but it's also a great lead up. Right. You know, like I think if if you can digest this and process this, this will put you in a good position to go show out on the court, you know, this spring and the summer. So don't worry about high school assignments. Like, you know where you want to go. You know who is the assigner. You know what she's looking for. Um, just be ready to impress her this summer.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the goal. I just
0: got to get hired. So it's dead ball officiating, calming down your, your signals, being more composed, being more calm. These are the pillars of what you need to improve if you could start to to improve these things then other then there's going to be other qualities that emerge you're going to be you're going to be improving other things that's just the way this works you do one thing you get an idea on how to do something else and you're building just keep building reps reps and reps and always adding like any game that you go do whether it's a third grade game or varsity game is an opportunity for you to work on all of these things we just talked about. Thank you for listening to the crown refs podcast, serve the game.